sit here down by your graveside and rest for a while in the warm summer sun. I've been walking all day and I'm nearly done. And I see by your gravestone you're only 19 when you join the great fallen in 1916. Well, I hope you died quick and I hope you died clean Oh Willie McBride was it slow and obscene Did they beat the drum slowly Did they play the fife lowly Did they sound the death march as they lowered you down Did the band play the last post and chorus Did the pipes play the flowers of the Hello and welcome to Bard Talk once again. I'm your host Josh and that is a beautiful song called The Green Fields of France. The Dropkick Murphys did a really cool cover of that song and for the record I want it I want it known publicly. I know I never fought in any Scottish military but if like somebody could play The Flowers of the Forest at my funeral that would be choice. Like that is definitely what I want but I don't really want a traditional funeral either. Maybe someday I'll make a joke about that, but yeah, what I want um, is not that. So anyway, today um, I want to address something that I keep tripping on and why I keep tripping on it. And I feel it's important. Um, It's important both it's... uh, well, I guess the subject matter is important, and it's going to tie into my topic overall. But um, the short end of it is the Supreme Court recently ruled that the eastern part of Oklahoma does in fact belong to the, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but uh, the Muscogee Creek tribe? Muscogee? I think it's Muscogee Creek Nation, actually. Um and the short end of that is that it is it was signed over in a treaty to i believe four nations seminole muskogee creek and i i don't know the other two to be honest um way back in the day it was it was promised land to them and then of course you know we did what america does and we just took it back um the Supreme Court had a case come before it in which uh, Jim McCurt had sexually molested a child on reservation land or just outside of it, but it he molested a boy who was a member of that tribe. And so in his defense, since he couldn't rule that he didn't do it, he, he argued that it wasn't the U.S. government's jurisdiction to try him, that he belonged to a Native American tribe, and therefore he should be fall under the rules of Native law. So it went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, in a 5-4 decision, uh, ruled that he is correct, and that much of Oklahoma was promised to these Indian nations, and... Thus, he falls under their jurisdiction. Now, that doesn't mean he isn't going to get tried, doesn't mean he isn't a criminal, and it doesn't mean that he won't face punishment for what he's done. Um, It's just a landmark ruling in the fact that our Supreme Court 
has issued a statement and has gone on record as saying that treaties that America made in its in its its juvenile state, um, those treaties are in fact active and we need to be honoring them. Um, now it doesn't turn over any land, it doesn't do anything like that, and so this this podcast, I'm going to warn you, very may, well may turn out to be a two part pot podcast, and I say that large in part because. Uh, I have I, the, the two topics that I need to to cover is you know what is what is native land what is federal land and also how do we put a name to this and because I have been on the podcast apologizing now far too often because I don't know the proper terminology. So I want to set the the pace right now and just say that in actuality, uh, all words are made up. All words are assigned a meaning by the person that makes them up. And that meaning can change. That meaning can have a positive or a negative connotation. Um, and, And language is truly up to us to define. Now, where things get muddled is... Some language is problematic, and some language uh, gave us the basis for how we converse today. And and we have to, I know some people aren't into history, but we have to do a little bit of history lesson. So, if you will, go back in time t- with me. Um, and the, the, first, the first peoples, as they called themselves in modern day or North America, I guess North America back then too, but the people that lived in North America at that time considered them first peoples. I don't know um, because history is was recorded by white Anglo-Saxon people as a majorative, and it's really hard to know how many tribes and nations and and first people I, I don't know what the word is. Um, I don't know how many existed. I don't know that they know how many existed. Like that was part of the 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 reason it was so easy for the white settlers to come in and take the lands. You know, white people had already worked out this problem. You know, we were very tribal. Um, the every nation had had a group of kings or a group of rulers or was fragmented. And the Roman Empire kind of taught us that a centralized government makes for a very efficient government. It makes for a very efficient empire. And so the English Empire definitely took hold of this notion and ran with it. So you have uh, a group of white people who identify themselves under a single flag, under a single banner, or you have a group of other nations that identify themselves in a unified front and the the native people in north america were very fractured you know they had many tribes many nations many many different groups of people and they wore they warred amongst themselves and and they had a difficult time unifying to to fight a foreign invader so we came over um completely ignored the fact that they lived here took over their lands through through muskets and measles and whatever other weapons we had at our disposal and and a lot of tribes tried to 
um, assimilate. They tried to band together. They tried to to join the white oppressors. They tried to fight against them. Um, but England, when it came over, had a problem, as as did young America, in that there was a group of of you know a thousand different tribes, and they wanted one word, and the word they chose, however painful, is Indian. Um, I, I, you know, the, the funny bits of, of history is that I was taught that Columbus and the other people who went out to go find the new world were seeking spice. Uh, we know that's not true. Now we know that spice was, uh, a beautified version of the word opium and that it was very much, uh, people seeking out hallucinogenics and, and other mind-altering substances. And, and yeah, sure, spice was in it, tea was in it, um, fruits, uh, minerals. Like, you know, the world wasn't stupid. They were after resources. So I don't know why we, we decided to, to cutesy it up with the word spice, but it was an empire for fuck's sake. Like, you know, that's what empires do. They seek to expand their control. They seek to to take over resources, to pillage, plunder. I mean, that was the name of the game back then. So as, as we came to America, we gave them the name Indian. Um, I don't know why. I, it's not recorded accurately. I can find a cutesy reason. I can find a definition um, or, or made-up conversations, but I don't actually know why that, that name stuck. However, it did. And for a long time, it was used as a slur. It was used to demean and dehumanize an entire race of people. And no president that ever sat on the seat of government didn't use it like a slur. Um, George Washington had famously said that, you know, the only good Indian he knew was a dead Indian. Um, Abraham Lincoln whose whose achievements with railroads and things of that nature also in his head had it that native americans or indians were evil godless savages and they were best um killed rather than reasoned with by the time you got to grant it just gets so atrocious i mean hunted to extinction is basically what we did to these poor people um and and as I started out with this story, you know, it, the, the Trail of Tears was a route that we had made and we had told them, hey, we're taking all of your other land, but we're going to give you this this useless, worthless patch. We did that in multiplicity. We did that all over the place. We did it with the Dakotas because we didn't think there was any resources in the Dakotas or that it was unlivable. Um, some of the things that I've read that is they literally sought out the most harshest of climates and and terrain so that if we forced indians to live there they would die off of natural causes and there wouldn't be blood on our hands um so that that word carries such a negative connotation but here's the problem here's the problem um in media here's the problem in government you know as as we moved into the the age of of using less muskets less firearms we evolved past giving people smallpox on blankets we started combating people with laws we started writing 
the way people were and were not allowed to live. And, and that is problematic, but it also posed this issue. Um, what do we call these people? I, I, I don't take issue with any word, but I will say this. Um, we, finding a collective word to represent a large group is not something new. Um, you know, as I stated before, the Roman Empire realized real early that if you if you got people to believe in a common cause, it made your empire run more efficiently. It made things easier in life. People uh, didn't identify as Tuscan. People didn't identify as Sicilian. You were Roman. Romans. Um, and it was a title that you were proud to be. People thought to have the title Roman. They wanted to be known as being a Roman. Um, and this, this continued on. Um, people wanted to be known as Greek. People wanted to be known as Scottish. People rally behind common words. And so it is common practice to, to fly under a single word banner. When it comes to Indian, um, this was the term that we gave. This was a term that when it, the age of laws and policy and some form of reconciliation came about, we used that word. The, the federal government recognizes tribal government under the Department of Indian Affairs. Um, we, we see, we see uh, in government that uh, the Department of, of Indians exists like, as an actual title. I don't live close enough to any reservations. Um, there are some in New York. There, there are a scattered few in Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, a lot of the big reservations are out west. And I say unfortunately um, because I'm just, I, you know, I'd love, to, I'd love to go to a reservation. Um, Native people are, are to me, like just beautiful people that I would love to have daily friendship and conversation with. Um, it actually, it pains me that I couldn't find a single friend of mine who is an Indian who could come onto this podcast and tell me what, what I should use. Uh, this is, this is almost like a feeble attempt by me to just justify what I feel is the best word and why I'm going to use that word. But that's all it can really ever be is a feeble attempt. And if somebody corrects me, I, I'm kind of at their mercy to accept it. Um, the, the, the term Indian has been adopted, from my understanding, on reservations. So the closer you get to living on a reservation or being around a reservation, the more you'll hear Indian thrown about uh, colloquially as the, the preferred word. The issue with taking Indian away and replacing it with Native American is that, uh, you know, we, we as, as United States citizens have uh, a, a super huge ego complex. And when the word American is thrown out there, we just assume they're talking about us because that's what we refer to ourselves as. Honestly, if you, you take the time and look at a globe, there's North America, Central America, and South America. And the term Native American encompasses all of that. It encompasses 
the the indigenous peoples of Canada, of Mexico, of Guatemala, all the way down to to the people who draw their origins from Aztecs down in uh, in South America, um, and it's just the word I'm looking for here is over inclusivity, and and I, I can hear the collective gasp at that word, but. There is a point in time where you try to encompass too much. You know, you can't argue for the rights of, of people in Oklahoma and then, you know, drag into the argument peoples in, in Nicaragua and, and Venezuela. And it is, it is, it's, it's incorrect. I mean, you know, uh, the, the First Peoples of Canada, I think, have adopted uh, First Peoples Nation as their preferred term. I don't honestly know, maybe indigenous, but I don't know what the term is in South America because, uh, honestly, like they're even more oppressed than than some of their, their northern counterparts because there isn't this big social movement. Um, we we had a big, a big push in the 1960s. Um, under a lot of our equality laws and and casting off the the Jim Crow South that that brought some of this to light and and certainly in the 80s when I was a little kid it was brought up even more like the idea that we were recognizing the wrong that we had done for so long and the oppression of the Indians that there there, there has been some movement some and I'm not trying to paint this rosy because it, 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 we haven't done nearly enough. But we're almost to the point where like we're kind of just acknowledging, maybe, is where we're at. Um, a hundred-year acknowledgement of, of the fact that, that we were terrible to a group of people that already inhabited the, the United States. And, uh, you know, certainly under the current leadership, we're not making any great strides, but... This issue persists. This this issue of, of something as simple as just a name, um, and I don't know. I, I'm making the argument for using Indian because I have I have watched videos on YouTube. I have tried to read about the subject matter um, through published papers. I but I I lacked that final key to my understanding and that's actually knowing somebody who is native who can tell me why they prefer one term over the other and and does that preference hold water does that preference does that preference muddy things or clean it up because native american kind of blurs out the unification of just the North American First Peoples, whereas Indian is a very clear-cut word. Like, if, if you say American Indian, you know precisely what you're talking about. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's going to get interesting, um, of course, because of this Oklahoma ruling. Now, to be fair and clear, the Oklahoma ruling doesn't turn over any more land to the Indians. All it does is acknowledge a treaty um, from four or five different tribes that 
if a crime is committed in that section of Oklahoma and that person is of Indian descent, they need to be tribed, uh, tribed, and they need to be tried by a tribal government, an Indian tribe government, and that falls under the Department of Indian Affairs. So, I this is one I kind of do really want feedback. If if any of my listeners know anybody who is uh, First Peoples, who is Indian, who who wants to weigh in on this, and you know, please understand that I. I feel horrible that I don't know the right word, but I also, I acknowledge that my ability to memorize and know multiple tribes wouldn't even be applicable. The idea that every time I spoke of indigenous people concerns or problems or in their involvement with the topics that I have, I, I, I couldn't, if I wanted to, really accurately know every tribe that that specific topic would reference. And the amount of research it would take would be daunting, but we just, we don't, um, we don't in America, we don't recognize the tribes, like, publicly. Now, the, the federal government... Uh, on their website has over 500 tribes listed um, and they recognize close to 900 nations but I don't think that's accurate I don't think that's right like there have been entire tribes and nations that that throughout the course of history they've been wiped out they were killed or or in many cases the federal government refused to recognize them and they have no more surviving members. Um, to complicate matters even further, um, you know, as white people oft do, um, we have appropriated so much of their culture and, and used it as a status symbol. So you have people... And, and I'm not trying to get political here, but you have actual people who run for office or, or who take positions of authority or teaching jobs or, or you name it, and they use Native American heritage or Indian heritage on their application or they claim some amount of Indian bloodline to get these positions. Um, and it muddies the water even more. I think famously we all condemn George or um, Trump for for calling somebody Pocahontas, not only because he's a, a huge asshole, and and the insult isn't even just to that person. Like you've just took somebody's name, some famous Indian woman's name, who did nothing but good like you know did nothing wrong for the country um and you made it an insult like you have to be a special kind of asshole that that's like if if taking god's name in vain if you're you're using somebody else's name in vain it's got to be on the same the same wavelength I, i mean you can weaponize words surely and you can weaponize names but but calling somebody pocahontas in that kind of demeaning way is just like i think that should send you to a special level of hell um, not that I believe in hell, but I'm just saying, like, it was really insultuous, and not even to just the person, but I will say that when that that person took 
her DNA test and it turns out that she is less Indian than the majority of the people um, in the area of the world that she lives. That also was insultuous. And that is a woman who got a job in, a, in well, she got admitted to college because of that. And then she took a job in that college because of that. And then ran on a platform because of that. I mean, this is going to be an issue for as long as I'm alive. Because yeah, the, the, the people that use it, they weaponize it. And they use it for their own good. Um... And, and just the practices we've had, you know, um, the amount of Native American women who are abducted daily, the amount of kids who are abducted daily is truly staggering. And, you know, the, uh, the U.S. federal government is is playing this stupid game where they're like, oh, well, it's under your jurisdiction. It's your, your problem to deal with. Um, and this, the, the, the sex trafficking, the abduction rates are, are through the roof and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's taking account. Nobody is coming to their defense. Nobody is, is stepping up to help. It's like we're, we're leaving this up to um, the, the Bureau of Indian Affairs to deal with it. And of course, you know, we decimated them. We decimated them. We ruined an entire group of people um, we stole their lands, their wealth, their 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 wealth rights. We've we've taken everything from them, given them small plots of land, and and said now now you figure it out. Uh, I live I live not too far from an area that's called Jim Thorpe, and if you don't know anything about the Jim Thorpe area, it's okay. It's a small little tiny part of this country, but Jim Thorpe, the namesake owner was uh, an Indian boy who was abducted by white parents and sent to a white school, which was so common at the time, early 1900s-ish time. Um, and then he became very popular with sports. He, he was very good at football and baseball and track, and he went on to win Olympic medals, which were later taken back to him or taken from him because he ended up earning money in sports, and there was some Olympic rule that, I don't know, you couldn't compete in the Olympics and then later go on and receive money for the sports that you play. I don't know. It's It's... I didn't really research that part too much for the podcast because it's inconsequential. But, you know, his his bones, his remains have been uh, contested as long as I've been alive. Like his native tribe wants to take back his his remains and bury them in in native customs and rituals. They have sacred things that they feel are important. And he was buried um, up here in, in my part of the world as, as a local hero, but, you know, he had an identity that was stolen from him, and I, I think that he came to know it in the end. I don't honestly know, but what we've done is just so abhorrent. It, it's, it's horrible. Um, I've listened to many podcasts where the federal government butts up against this issue where somebody tries to adopt... Uh, a child and it turns out that one of those child or that one of the the parents of that child is native or is an Indian and and so there's now a law that says that you know white couples or couples can't adopt 
Indian children without the consent of both parents. And of course, you know, he withdrew the consent. And so this child who was living in a, a affluent white neighborhood going to the best schools and, you know, would have the absolute best chance at making uh, uh, a socially recognized acceptable living is is torn between two communities because her her fa- her parent her father I believe lived in abject poverty on a reservation and he wanted her back and you know of course he took it to court and he won the rights and and after six years of living with her adoptive parents she was returned back to her her native father and you know that's uh, a heartbreaking story i will try to find the link and i'll put that podcast link in this podcast I'll, I'll try to at the very least i'll definitely put a link to the story in because it brings up a lot of issues and and one of those issues is that we've just decimated the indian population in this country and and then you know we steal their children we steal their women um and and we assume that because we have a standard for living we have this this bar of you know going to school doing well academically going to college becoming a professional in in a field we assume that that's the right way to live and we completely ignore the fact that indians have had a way of life far older than our own styles in this country and for us to look at it and say that's wrong that's you know i the the podcast that i listened to really slanted it to make it sound as though yeah there is a problem with white people taking indian children but you know they give them such good lives and it's like that's so objective that is that's so colored by the 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 normative view of what uh, a healthy and fulfilling life is i i've spoke about this before um that i don't find any true pride in having italian or scottish in ancestry you know um i i like it (laughs) i i i listen to bagpipes and there's a little part of my soul that stirs um i eat you know italian foods and i enjoy them and knowing that the dna that that constructs my being is rooted in these these deep uh ancient cultures like i i that's how i look at it though that is my personal worldview and my personal worldview has been covered colored you know by so many events and things that have happened and 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 also my dna also the the time in which i was born also the the position of the stars and the and the world like my point in time makes who i am what i am but that isn't universal that doesn't mean that there aren't people with a significant amount of indian heritage who long for that heritage to be more prominently expressed who want to live in a way that honors their ancestors who wants to have that part of their life emphasized and if they feel pride about it they have every right to feel pride to be an indian um 
you know, so the other aspect of this that that I only know because of research, I don't know it as like a, a tangible fact that I hold close, but it's just from from watching the videos, preparing for this podcast, preparing for this topic and delving so deeply as deeply as I can, as my time allows into this, I get the sense that there are no more a protective people of their culture than American Indians. Um, I watched a video where, uh, a woman from a very specific tribe and, and again, I apologize because this one I should have written down and for some reason, I didn't, um, but her tribe, her her Indian tribe, is the tribe that used dream catchers. That's their thing. That's you know that's not universal. Um, it doesn't you know just because you can go to an Indian casino and you can find dream catchers, it doesn't mean that the Sioux Nation was the people who invented that. That was a Southwest, uh, I believe Navajo, uh, possibly Crow Nation, that was their thing. And they are very upset that people use them without honoring the, the nation that invented them or came up with the concept. Um, and they give no honor to the people or what they mean. Um, I think another example of that is Sage. Uh, and this is something that's only come to my understanding recently, and that's you can go on Etsy or any site and you can buy smudges, which are tightly bundled groups of dried sage leaves for pagan and other ritualistic things. Like people say you can cleanse the house by burning sage in it and, and so on. White sage, I'm not saying like white people, I'm white sage is the type of plant is is kind of kept by a specific indian tribe um and and for you to use it without being a member of that tribe to buy it commercially is insultuous to them they do gatekeep that that is something that they find sacred to their their lives and people misuse it and so it's it's this kind of um yes you can yeah no you can't type of relationship we have that makes it difficult to come onto a podcast and say Native American or say Indian or say First Peoples. Like, I don't know what the preferred term is, but I'm tired of apologizing. I, 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 I don't think it makes for good listening. It's, it's mentally exhausting for me because I'm trying to walk this tightrope line and please everybody and at some point you realize that you can't you realize that you're being unnecessarily apologetic for something that you can't control um, that isn't to say I don't feel remorse I want that out there um, I was not I was not born at a time where I could make a huge impact on whether or not we gathered up the Indians and marched them down the Trail of Tears to their new lands. Uh, as far as I know, none of my family ever was. I don't have control over that. I do have control over the ability that I can talk about Indian issues, that I can give them a small, tiny voice on the internet 
and do my best to honor them and their peoples and their tribes. And I want to do that in the, in the best way I can. And I don't think that apologizing repeatedly for not getting things 100% right is the way to do it. So I guess what I'm coming down to is I think Indian is the right word. I think that it may change. I think that there is a movement to make it Native American, even as muddied as that word really is. Uh, but I don't know. The only thing I know for sure is that we have traded in firearms and smallpox blankets for the pen and the spoken word as our tools of war against them. And the, the lines that have been drawn by the people who are actually affected every day have chosen to keep the word Indian. Um, and as, you know, as, as a member of the white race, I guess, I'm not going to take that back. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take Indian back and then rename them because I don't like the way that word feels or I think it's an icky word or I think that Native American is prettier or, or any objective form of of how I feel it's not objective trying to define a large group of people in a respectful way can't be objective it has to be um, it has to be done with kindness and I think that by acknowledging that the interaction that most native tribes have with people who are not native the word is Indian now I understand that there are, are people who are, are from the Sioux Nation or Crow Nation who are Navajo or Apache and they don't like that word Indian and and if any if I, if I met in person somebody who could give me the argument for why I should use a different word I would I would I totally would um, I don't ever want to use language as a weapon against somebody. Um, but I also acknowledge that federally they use it. They, they accept the Department of Indian Affairs, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, um, the, the Indian Tribal Council. These are all ways that they interact with our government as a sovereign nation um, and they utilize the word Indian. And I don't think that's right to take that from them. You know, we we gave them Oklahoma, we took it back. We gave them the Dakotas, we took it back. Like that's all the history of white people is giving things that didn't belong to them to the people that it did belong to and then taking it back. Now, right or wrong, we gave them the name Indian. Probably wrong. Let's just admit that right up front. It, it really harkens to our stupidity that we went there, pointed and went, oh, it's an Indian. Like, no. Again, I don't know the actual origin story. I think we're all colloquially aware of the lie that's told to us, but it makes us sound dumb to call them Indians because there's a nation, there's a whole continent called India, um, and they're clearly not from there. So we have, though, used this. We, we gave it to them to collectively describe themselves and it's a term that describes a large group of people 
it's concise it's to the point I don't I don't know that Native American is better I don't know that first peoples is better I think we have this this problem where we always extend words like we find a word offensive so we add words to it um, to soften it up and it really makes us look stupid I hate to quote a George Carlin joke but you know this is the, the case is when people came back from World War One and they had severe PTSD we called it shell shock and then in World War Two um, we had another longer name for it and then when we they got to Vietnam we called it the thousand yard stare and it's like we just kept adding words and now we're all the way up to post-traumatic stress disorder and I think there's even another word that's attached to that to describe specific post-traumatic stress disorder you know if it's brought on by a specific thing and it's like I disagree with the idea that if you just keep adding words to a name it makes it meaningful I think it does the opposite I think that it dilutes the meaning of the name and I think first peoples is is good it describes something um, but I don't know if Canada beat us to the punch to that um, indigenous people is good but I cannot find anywhere where the the nations describe themselves as that like yeah I can go on TikTok and I can see indigenous but it's also a word used to describe aborigines in Australia it's a word used to describe uh, uh, little small pocketed tribes in the Amazon indigenous is more of a description than a name now I again full disclosure English is words that we make up and then define so in the future there's a uh, possibility or an opportunity or a chance that we could redefine what indigenous means and it may well come to that uh, but as it stands now it seems more like it's a description of how somebody came to live there more than a name and Native American uh, again it's 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 a good one I, I you know people I think say that with a little bit less reserve but it's also us taking away the name we gave them in the first place and replacing it with just a name that has two words in it uh, and, and yes I am aware that American Indian is two words but I think we've shortened that to Indian and I think if you live in North America and you say oh there's a, a an Indian reservation up the road here they have a really good casino everybody knows what you're talking about if you say there's an Indian reservation in blah 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 County Arizona they know what you're talking about it's it's become a word that's fallen out of favor but I don't feel that it's a word that's fallen out of favor within actual Indian nations I think it's one of those things where white people assume the affront and then get upset on behalf of those people and as I stated when you look into this you'll find out that native people or Indians are very um, protective of their identity they're, they're, they don't want cultural appropriation they don't want their ways and religious beliefs and, and who they are to be shared among people 
and they they certainly don't want to be renamed by somebody who has no dog in the fight so for that reason until i am completely proven wrong or debated or told i'm an asshole or you name it i'm going to use the word indian because i think it's the right one I think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fall and say I'm 65% sure I've nailed this on the head um, and I've just done a 45 minute podcast explaining why I think this is the right word uh, I was going to get into federal land and how this ties into all this but I don't want to draw this out too long um, I want to give people the ability to digest this and, and, you know, think it over in your life. Do your own research. Uh, I said before, one of the tenets of this podcast was to not give people answers, but to help them question. So I've been questioning this forever, and 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 this is my argument for why I'm going to use this word. I'm, I'm going to side with how... Indians identify themselves to the federal government um, because whether I like it or not, I am I am considered North American white person. I am an American. I am a citizen of the United States. They are a sovereign nation. They are a sovereign's people. They have addressed me as American, United States, uh, a U.S. citizen, so I'm going to address them in the way that they want to be addressed, and they interact with our government under the, the nomenclature of Indian. Look it up. Do some research of your own. And, it, and you know, if you live out west and you're around native people, uh, Indians, much more than I am, isn't it funny? I, I, I declared I was going to do something and I still can't do it. I, you know, that's, that's the, the difficulty of this, this topic. The complexity of English, of, of words, is that I think I, I find it hard to say Indian because I've believed or I was taught that it was a bad word. It's not a bad word. Um... It's got a, a connotation that I think evokes guilt. And, you know, I think that makes it even more the right word to use. If you feel guilty about using the word Indian to describe a group of people that were put under such hardships because of your ancestry, it's definitely the right word. We should feel bad. And when you say Indian, it should evoke a little bit of reverence for the injustice that's done, that has been done and is done daily. Um, with that said, uh, I'm going to close this out. Uh, if you can, go support Indian businesses. Go support Indian casinos. Go support Indian charity. You know, uh, there is a huge problem in this country with abduction, sex trafficking, with white people thinking they know what's best with Indian children and forcing their beliefs on them and forcing their way of life. And it hasn't ended. And I swear to you, so next year, I'm going to be old enough to run for president. And if if I wasn't a, a poor, like, not known not celebrity status person I'd have no chance in, in hell but I mean if if there was a possibility that I could become president I swear to you my running platform would be 
that all federally owned land would be turned over to the natives. Look it up. Federal land is run exclusively by the president. He has control. Now, there are 13 departments that head up federally owned land. I'm not getting into it in this one. But if I was the president, that would be the first thing I would do. I'd say, you know what? To make amends for all of the evil this country has done, boom, it's your land. So thank you much. Everybody stay safe. Debate this. uh, Have fun with this topic. And I'll come back next week strong. Goodbye. sweetheart behind in some loyal heart is your memory enshrined I know you died back in 1916 to that loyal heart you're forever 19 oh are you a stranger without even a name forever enshrined behind some old glass pane in an old photograph torn tattered and stained and faded to yellow in a brown leather frame did they beat the drum slowly did they play the fife lowly did they sound the death march as they lowered you down did the band play the last post and chorus did the pipes Play the flowers of the forest The sun shining down on these green fields of France The warm wind blows gently and the red poppies dance The trenches have vanished long under the plow No gas, no barbed wire, no guns firing now graveyard there's still no man's land the countless white crosses in mute witness stand to man's blind indifference to his fellow man and a whole generation were butchered and damned did they beat the drum slowly did they play the fife lowly did they sound the death march as they lowered you down Did the band play the last post and chorus? Did the pipes play the flowers of the forest? And I can't help but wonder, oh Willie Do all those who lie here Did you really believe them when they told you the cause? Did you really believe that this war would end walls? Well, the suffering, the sorrow, the glory, the shame, the killing and dying, it was all done in vain. Oh, Willie McBride, it all happened again and again and again. drum slowly did they play the fife lowly did they sound the death march as they lowered you down did the band play the last post and chorus did the pipes play the flowers
eyes of a father. 